Hey, you. Before listening to this podcast, I just want to let you know that I am looking for a co-host, like I said in the title of this podcast. And if you are interested, be sure to shoot be sure to shoot me either a DM on Instagram or email me at my email. You guys know where to find it, the description or the about page of my channel. And yeah, I will consider you and so the criteria is pretty much are you are committed to doing it each week you have a lot of energy and you bring a lot of value to the podcast and actively try to grow it as a whole and help plan and work on the podcast in general but that's all i had for this and now on to the episode you guys have been waiting for Welcome back to episode 9 of season 2 of the Cubes of Saturdays podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan, or MC Stuff, and joining me today are two guests. I have uh, Dan the Cuber, or Dan, you guys may know him, or, and also I have Jake as well. So thank you both What's for coming up, on the show today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem at all. What's up, gamers? <laughs> so, how are you guys doing today? Uh, I'm well. So, today I just want to sort of talk about some different things. So, do you want to briefly introduce yourself um, to the listeners of the podcast real quick? Uh, right, yeah, yes. you start. Okay. You start. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, so, hey guys, I'm Daniel Solis, or on YouTube, you may know me as um, Dan the Cuber, and um, I started my Cuban career... Um, last year actually um so yeah my friend like two years ago he had a cube that um he that um that um he that he knew how to solve so yeah and then that actually like inspired me to know like how to solve the cube and um at first i did give up a little bit (laughs) not gonna lie because i was a bit like younger but then last year i actually tried again and i actually managed to do it and now um i average around 20 seconds so yeah uh, that's just basically me. All right, Jake. All right, uh, I started cubing uh, February 9th, 2017. Or like that's the day I sold my first cube. So yeah, around three and a half years ago. Because uh, I just like saw one of my friends in my sixth grade homeroom doing it. And I thought that was cool, and so I learned how to solve it, and just basically went from there. And I average around high eight now on three nice. by three. Three by three is not an important event. Like. 5x5, 5x5 uh, five five is my main event, and I average like 104. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I find that a lot of people get um, interested into the um, interested in cubing by somebody else, like whether you get influenced by like somebody in your school or something. Like I think both of you sort of had that, like a friend or somebody at school. Yeah, similar to me. I don't know if you guys have heard my story before, but I'm sure the listeners of this podcast have before. But I started cubing in, I want to say, August of 2015. So it's coming up actually it was about five years or so but i counted at my first competition so my first competition was manhasset fall 2015 so i got influenced by a person at um, a summer camp also and then i just bought my rubik's brand and then you know i that's how i continued and on three by three i average same as jake maybe around high eights or so maybe low nines and it's just continued like that okay so um so Jake, you said you wanted to talk about um, being an all-arounder because I was actually yeah. looking at your WCA profile here. No, well. those results are trash. Don't look at those. I mean, it's it's still pretty good, honestly. <laughs> a lot of them beat me, like uh, oh, well. most of them, most of them. Do you want to just touch upon that a little bit more? What? Um, um, how how would you define an all-arounder? Just someone who's like, uh, 
just I guess okay at all events or like someone who at least practices all events they don't necessarily have to be like great at them okay and what do you do to practice just asking uh so like my daily routine is like when I start cubing in the morning I'll start off with some 7x7 and 6x6 and 5x5 like just big cubes uh and then I'll like work my way down but I'll take a break before I do three by three if i do decide to do three by three because like right after i do big cubes i just can't do three by three well i don't know why and then i'll just like do side some side events if i feel like it okay and how often do you practice a day would you say like uh, hours wise or time on weekends or like days that i have a lot of free time probably around five hours okay. i'm it's not consistent but yeah, it's a heck of and a then, lot of time. And then on weekdays, like one to two, depends depends on how much schoolwork I have. All right, nice. So I can definitely see you putting a lot of work to this. Um, and you you say your results aren't like equivalent to what you have right now. Absolutely but... not. They're like half a year old because there haven't been comps. Yeah, same with me. Also, like I bet if we went. If both of us went to a competition now, it'd be a lot different, and we'd probably break a lot of PBs. And uh, I think, is some of rank something you look for? Um, yeah, definitely. A lot? Okay, nice. All right, thank you for sharing that. And then, uh, Dan, I had a question for you about um, your YouTube channel, because that is something that I think you're passionate about as well. Do you want to just explain like how that started up, what you had the idea, how uh, you had the idea? Yeah. yeah, so I had the idea around two months ago, almost three, um, so basically, I had an idea of, of just making like a cubing channel because I knew how to solve like the cubes and all that. Um, so I started my channel around three months ago, and I thought of it as a cubing channel because, like I, I said again, like I know how to solve the cube, right? So, um, so I just want to make content that like people enjoy. Some of them can be really cringy, I know that, <laughs> but um, yeah, but I I just like to make content that people enjoy and all that. So. Yeah, that's the idea that I had in my brain when I first started my channel. Okay. And what else, um, what do you think sets your channel apart from um, other cubing channels? Have you thought about that before? Uh, not really, but if I if I had to answer that right now, uh, it'd probably be that, um, I guess, um, oh, um, I guess that, uh, I'm not really sure how to answer that right now, but if I do think of something, I might tell you later, but yeah, but for right now, I don't know how to answer that. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think you've definitely grown, um, since the beginning. I can definitely tell with that. Like, um, do you think YouTube has helped you with like public speaking or what else has it helped you, helped, helped you with, um, at least? Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely helped me with like public speaking because I do have a problem with, um, uh, like I stutter a lot, so yeah, so that uh, I think that's helped me like with my problem, um, and yeah, so that's basically what YouTube I think has like done with me, and uh, yeah. Okay, and then Jake, do you also have a channel or do uh, you um, produce I mean, content? Sort of. I just kind of upload solves if I feel like it. I really haven't been uploading since there are no comps. Okay. Yeah, but I feel like, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but um, have you guys learned anything like during quarantine or picked anything up, like honed on, honed in on like some skills or something that you think um, like you've gotten good at, maybe something you picked up? Uh, 
Well, I learned CSP back in like May and then forgot it all because I quit Squan. Okay. <laughs> all right, Dan. What about you? Uh, I think I learned some like good look ahead more. Like, yeah, because I can like look at Seafall pairs now, like very like good. So yeah, I did learn a little. Um, I think yeah, just like a little bit, but I am more like consistent and more like um. Uh, like my F2L pairs back then weren't like um, really good, and now I I guess they're advanced. So yeah. Okay, would you say my critique has helped you with that? Just asking. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely has, Max. Thank you for that too. Yeah, no problem. Okay, and um, all right. So Jake, I want to go back to the all around the all arounder sort of thing. So I, yeah. uh, you know Sebastian Carlo, right? Yeah. Believe, yeah. Yeah, he was on the podcast before, and he was talking about um like practicing all around all around events also but um so i think you would say you're more of like an n by n sort of person so to speak yeah n by n's and then like yeah i'm like not good at pr or skew but like yeah i'm good at n by n's that's where i focus most of my practice i just don't really practice blind or anything like that i just do it occasionally okay like sebastian like the the reason why i brought him up is because um he talked about like how he practices maybe like three or four events um, uh-huh. each day and like really focuses on them. And like, do you ever film yourselves? Cause that's what he does. And then he like looks back at it and sees what he can improve. Like, cause it's a, it's a lot to manage. Like there's like many different events. There's like 15 or so that you have to manage. I don't know, like 17, uh-huh. I think. Yeah. I don't really practice like he does, like where he does. I, I also listen to that podcast. He says he does like three events per week and just zones in on those. No, I just kind of do everything at once. I find that more fun. And also, I don't record my solves because I do not have a functioning camera at the current moment. Okay. And on the side of learning algs, um, how often do you learn algs for the different events? Because that's a lot of events to jumble for in different algs. Uh, well, I learned full EG1 in one day uh, earlier wow. this week. And <laughs> Parker's going to teach me advanced for Skube so I can not be trash. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'd like to say I, I guess i learned a decent amount of algs because i also learned stuff like ol for three by three i learned that pretty early on i learned that before i was sub 15 okay and then it's okay so you learned eg1 in one day do you want to walk through the process of how you did that sort of don't how did do you that. learn that I, many algs? <laughs> don't do that uh it makes my memory for some of the algs kind of bad definitely split it up into multiple days okay if you want to learn it how much time did that take just asking like five hours man that that's dedication right there yeah man and has that improved your solves in any way would you say no because i've still been drilling them or like i know it's going to improve my solve once i get the algs down but okay i guess i could see you more as like an alg type person there because yeah you just learned that many algs like how many algs are there in eg1 again 40 i think there's 42 cases but two of them are just like ortega cases so i don't really count those okay yeah that's a lot um i'm not much of an alg person i maybe learn like two three algs a week or so i don't know if that's good or not but i mainly focus on three by three i'm trying to learn coll i don't know coll yet and i'm um i'm like sub nine on three by three on a good day i'd say um but i think I don't know. There's just some people who like to learn a lot of algs and then implement them, and then there's some people who just like get to like to look or like to use what they have ready, spam a bunch of solves, and then learn learn algs slow over time. Um, 
but I guess you sort of seem like the owl guy. That was I don't know. That was sort of me with three by three for a while. Actually, I didn't learn seal like I learned some of seal recently. Not even like that much. Like I didn't really touch upon it until I was sub nine. So yeah, they're pretty easy to recognize though. You just got to recognize the corner. Um, yeah, like opposites are yeah, um, so similar. Yeah, because I already knew CLL, so that on, on oh yeah, it makes it a lot helped. easier. Yeah, yeah. And Dan, what about you? Um, how um how have you been learning algebra recently? Um, uh, um, I I don't think you've seen this on my YouTube channel, but but I challenged Cubics. Well, not like the one that's like C Y, like not that one, but like another Cubics. Like uh, he's not a, he's not he has um three hundred subs. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and I challenged him to a competition where I where I have to learn full Ola and PLO, and he has to learn um a new um thing on on the cube, and, and he and he um did Rue. Surprisingly, he learned it in an hour, but but he um made it harder on himself. So um he so but basically here's what he had to do. He had to um do like a solve um like a sub um fifteen solve with Rue, and he did accomplish that, but it was never on camera. So. Yeah, and then um, but that encouraged me to learn more PLO algs and more OLO algs. So basically, yeah, that's how I've been learning my algorithms. Okay, and wait, how long have you been cubing again? I think I forgot. Uh, I've been cubing for um almost uh, I think a year. Yeah, a year. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think it's like I I think I went down sort of the same path as you like I didn't really learn that many algs in the beginning like I think I was younger also like um I didn't learn that many algs but I think it's good what you're doing like you said you don't know full OLL and PLO yet but I think yeah working on F2L like you said that's something um you that's something that's good that you picked up and how would you say you practice like during the day like I asked Jake this but um how often do you practice and how long uh I, I practice um, almost every day except on Sunday because I have church on that day. And um, so I practice at least two or three hours a day. Okay. And just like Jake, do you ever plan on expanding to other events? Like, I know you do two by two and pyraminx, I believe. Uh, yeah, I also do four by four, but, but I'm not really good at it. Um, I also do mega minx, and again, I'm not good at that either. Um, uh, and um, five by five, I'm still learning that. So um, I guess I, I, I'm thinking of expanding to other like events. Yes, especially square one, because that's, that, that's, that's what I'm like wanting to actually learn right now, square one. But the thing is, I don't have a square one, so I'm going to have to buy one. Okay. And then now i'm um, shifting to another topic um about online comps so have you guys participated in any online comps recently like whether it was during the summer or before that like what are your thoughts on that sort of yes and i really didn't like them not even that doesn't at all resemble like an in-person comp they're just not fun honestly dan what about you um, I have participated in an online comp, and in yours, I actually did it um, with Tyler Koshi. Um, I, I I was in your comp there, and um, I also like um, yeah. Um, uh, Jake is also like I like agree with him because it's not like the actual comp experience. Um, even though I've never been to a comp, but I feel like um, if I did go to a comp, I feel like it'd be more like exciting to meet like actual like new people. Which in online comps, you still meet new people, but not like in person, you know. And it's different from like learning like no not learning but like um, meeting people like directly face to face than doing it online so yeah uh yeah that's basically what, what i think on online comps 
Okay. And yeah, I feel like online competitions are very time consuming as well. Like I think I think like I made a couple of final rounds and like you have to go on stream. It's just a really time consuming day. Like I remember we started at eleven o'clock on one competition, ended at like eight o'clock. I don't know, it's just insane. Like some comps go off schedule. I haven't done one since I think July. I believe and they're just time consuming i guess yeah you sort of do miss out on the social interaction definitely 100 percent. but i'd say for me the environment is sort of the same in a sense like without people around you like um i just feel myself you're sort of under that pressure you're by yourself but you're at home i don't know it's sort um, of like online school and school I i'm sort like, of a fan of it but not really yeah yeah like, exactly i feel like online comps are just kind of the worst part of in-person comps like the worst part of in-person comps, in my opinion, uh, it's not even that bad, but just, like, when you have, like, consecutive finals, like, a, you have to, like, compete a bunch, and, like, you're just kind of mentally drained, and uh, you just, like, have a bunch of finals one after another. That's what online comps feel like to me, and you don't really get to, like, talk with anybody. Yeah, when you miss out on that social interaction, it's definitely key there. And, um... Now, uh, so Jake, you've been to a bunch of competitions now. Yeah. Your WCA profile says about 23. 23, okay. yeah. 23, yeah. Okay, so, and you've podiumed five times. I'm looking at that, uh -huh. yeah. So I personally have never podiumed at all either. So oh, wow. what is the experience um, podiuming? Cause I've never um, gone through that. Yeah, my first podium was in three blind and it was a total fluke. Basically, in I, I made it to finals and like, eight people eight out of 12 people triple dnf and i got a result be better result than one person and i went really safety i got like a three minute 30 second solve because that was my last solve and i just wanted a success uh it felt pretty good i didn't really feel like i deserved it that time but then like my most recent podium was in square one i got second uh that felt really rewarding uh i felt like i felt like i did deserve that because i got pretty good average uh yeah it's fun okay and so you would so like in local competitions you just like receive a certificate and maybe like a gift card to like a local cube store right yep. okay yeah i think a lot of cubers nowadays um like especially younger ones are getting really really fast because i think back then there was like nobody really under the age of i want to say like 13 who was like extremely fast and now that i think about it like I might make a series on my channel that's like road to podium, like when when competitions start back up, because I've been to 38 competitions and haven't podium in a single one. Oh, wow. I don't know if the Northeast is like really competitive or anything, but probably that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, oh, you guys, I don't know if you know about know this about me, but I think back in 2019, um, I really wanted to make it to three by three finals, but I think it was I don't know the exact comps, but I think it was like George School Open um meadowlands something like that somewhere around that area i missed three by three finals by one spot three times in a row three consecutive comps i think they were like in the same month that was kind of disappointing for me but yeah uh, i missed finals by one spot at one comp and i felt crushed but three damn yeah three in a row i guess i guess that's unlucky but um i guess that makes me want to persevere and i guess uh train more and queue more to get better at um, the event that I want to get good at. But Dan, have you like, what are your thoughts on competitions? Like um, what do you, 
think um, to expect when you go to your first comp? Uh, wait, so I guess I'll go first since I haven't gone to a comp. Huh? Uh, um, what I'd expect um, at my first comp is like a bunch of people there. Um, but if it's like right after like COVID is like uh, over, I'd, I'd expect like a few people there, not a whole bunch, but at least a few. And I would expect that, that there would be like um, uh, events that like I actually like to do there which i'm pretty sure there's gonna be and what i'd expect is not to do as great as many of the other people but i'd like at least like um want to at least go to round two of the competition mm, okay yeah i mean i mean at my first competition i think i expected a lot also like it was manhasset fall 2015 and that was like when colin burns that was actually like the day lucas edder broke the 4.9 world record I believe, and that was the same day Colin Burns got that 5.21 miss scramble. I actually left early because I got 81st place in 3x3 um, at that competition with a 40-something average, I believe. And I just remember, like, I thought I thought there was good... I remember watching, like, Sire the King's um, Nationals videos. I expected it to be like that. I had really high expectations for the competitions, but it didn't happen. So I guess the first competition is just an experience and i think that's a way where you should find friends find some find like some people you have similar interests um to you who live near you around there and then get in contact with them maybe like do video calls that's what i used to do like yeah i think um tyler kochi and like owen brooks they were my first um like cubing friends at Rutgers um 2018 i believe so jake um what about you do you have any like experiences like social interactions at competitions yeah or uh stuff so like that? i didn't actually really make any of my friends at my first comp i made like all of them at my second comp uh which is interesting um yeah i don't know the my squad sort of uh I guess they all live in, like, the Northwest. There's, like, this big squad that has, like, Max Shaw. And, like, it has some of the famous people from the Northwest and also just some other cool people. And I guess I'm sort of part of that. And it's pretty fun going to comps with them when I get a chance to fly there. Because, basically, I used to live in Portland, Oregon, which is in the Northwest. So I used to go to comps there. Uh, and then I moved. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... A person should feel pressure to like get cubing friends um in like the first comp or so like you said and for me i don't think i got i don't think i like had a real cubing friend that i like stuck with until Rutgers, like i said 2018 that's three years after maybe like two and a half years after i actually started going to competitions and i think i was a very antisocial person and that's what cubing really helped with and like right now like doing this podcast i know i'm stuttering a lot having pauses saying ums stuff like that it's helping me with my public speaking and i think cubing helped me in a similar way to be a little bit more social and it helped me to like talk to people and um have you guys seen any like parallels with that um cubing has helped you in life anything like that like for me it's just um the social interactions uh, uh yeah, i kinda. think okay um jake uh, 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 you go first okay yeah i mean um Basically, all my friends are cubers. I don't, like, have any school friends or anything. Uh, just, like, local cubers or, like I said before, Pacific Northwest cubers. And, I mean, I guess that sort of helps me, like, not feel lonely. I don't know. Okay. Um, nice. Dan, what about you? Uh, uh, wait. So, oh, um... 
basically like um yeah like friends probably yeah because cuban can also like help you like a lot with not being lonely like jake said uh and then like there's a lot there's a bunch of people who have the same interest as you you know so like you can make friends pretty easily okay and yeah i'm also thinking about um at my school at my high school i'm thinking about um creating a rubik's cube club and i think I'm i'm trying to email the principal here and do you guys have any ideas for like what I can what I can sort of say and like what cubing helps with because I told him that it helps with um, like dexterity and reflexes. I don't know if that's true or not, but what would you guys say that like cubing is helped with? Like in, in that sort of sense, like physical aspect, maybe. Uh, yeah, social interaction and uh, I'm honestly not really sure. And Jake, do you have a Rubik's Cube club at your school? Uh, no, way? but I was actually thinking of starting one because I know uh, that there's a freshman that just came in that like uh, cubes and he was thinking of starting a cubing club. So, I was, so I've been so like maybe once physical school, school starts again in like, I don't know, three years. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> once physical school starts again, I'm going to like reach out to him and maybe we can start something. Yeah. It's good that you have somebody else there um, in your in your school who does cubing also. Like, I haven't had anybody in my grade, really, who cubes. Like, there's some people who can solve a cube just as, like, sort of just a one-time thing to say, to say, like, oh, I solved the cube, something like that. But there's nobody who really goes to competitions who, like, can solve the cube regularly. But I want to build that tight, um, tight-knit community in my school who maybe I can inspire them to do so because that's what cubing is all about. I want to bring more people into the community. So, Dan, do you sort of have a, do you sort of have a parallel to that? Um, do you ever start about do you ever think about starting a cubing club in your school? Uh yeah, I actually do because like um I'm like the only I think I'm like the only kid in my grade who actually knows how to solve a Rubik's cube. Uh and I want to make like a cubing club so that I can help more people if they're interested in solving the cube. And cuz a lot of people are really interested in solving but they just don't know like um uh it's like um they're interested in knowing how to solve it but they think like they should be like as like smarter than everyone else to be able to solve it which that isn't actually true because you don't need to be like super smart uh you just need to like memorize algorithms and all that so i do want to start like a cubing club in my school um because like i want to bring more people into the cubing um um like i want to bring more people into cubing basically and um yeah so that's basically my idea on on it I mean, I'm not going to name any names, but yeah, there are a lot of dumb cubers. <laughs> not a lot, but like, there definitely are dumb cubers. Mm. Okay. And yeah, I think anybody can solve the cube like Dan was talking about before. Um, and like, there's there's a three-year-old who solved the cube. Did you see that back in like 2017, Jake? I don't know if you've seen this. Yeah. Enough, but uh, I, th I forgot. It was like that person in China, I believe. Chan Hong Lik's brother, or I mean sister, I believe. I think Cubing and Coded made a video on that. Yeah, I've seen something about it. Yeah, that's pretty insane. I don't know how a three-year-old does that. But, I know, um, right? Like, that's like, that's amazing. All right, and on this podcast, we have two segments normally, but I'm just going to condense it down to one, the Would You Rather, because it's sort of hard to um, do the rapid-fire segment here. But Would You Rather segment. Would You Rather. questions for you guys epic 
and you can answer them separately. I have one that is non-cubing related and one and two that are cubing related. So which one would you like to start with first? Non-cubing or cubing? Let's do non-cubing first. Yeah, non-cubing. Okay. I asked this to fill you last time. Um, if you would have the world's attention for 10 seconds, what would you say? Well, not really would you rather question, but just something to get you spinning, your head spinning. Uh, uh, okay, Jake, go first. No, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, it's tough, it's tough. Uh, I'll just say something because I have like something in my head. Uh, okay. okay, so what I would say to like, um, if I had, th if I had the world's like attention, I would basically um, say like, um, like, um, um, like, um, there, sh there shouldn't be like so much like um, harm in this world, you know, people should accept like the way that they are. And like, they're like, there's racism around the world and a bunch of other things that I don't want to name. But yeah, and there shouldn't be that much harm in the world because it's like, we're all people, you know, we're equal in every way. Well said. Yeah. Uh, Inspiring. I don't know. I feel like not everybody would really like take it super seriously, so I might just say something dumb and funny. <laughs> yeah, and and half the people won't even understand what you're saying. You yeah, because they speak different languages. Not, like way less than. Well, yeah, only, like yeah, like only one billion people or something would understand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Phil last week said um, he he would just say hi. I mean, it's really hard to get the whole entire world's attention like under their consent at least um like to and i asked him would he promote cubing at all because that's something he's really passionate about like um the cubing community and he said yeah in a sense he's like oh um there, here's a hobby i do it's called cubing and you solve rubik's cubes for fun um if you want to check it out you can something like that but like would you guys ever consider promoting cubing in that sense of level if everybody could understand you and you had their consent yeah i guess so yeah i would also Okay, moving on to the next would you rather question I have is, um, would you rather um, only be able to cube one week before an official competition or never never be able to go to a competition again, but still be able to cube? Definitely one week before an official comp, because like, I've had periods where I could like, uh, there was this one period in like, april and may 2019 where i went to like four comps within 30 days so i'd actually be able to like cube a fair amount like during that time period when you're not cubing what would you do like do you have any other hobbies like non-cubing related uh, wise i don't know i just play minecraft with the boys honestly <laughs> okay dan what about you um yeah i'd also do the practice um one week before the competition because like uh, if, like, I, like, I want to go to competitions, though, because, like, I've never been to one, and they look really fun, and, um, yeah, so that's why I'd pick that. Okay, and, Dan, do you have any other, um, non-cubing hobbies that you do instead of that? Like, uh, in the time replaced of practicing? Yeah, um, I, um, I, um, I do play, um, I play the piano, and then I also play the drums, so those are, like, two instruments that I like they're hobbies to play like for me like i like to play them like as hobbies so yeah and then piggybacking off that um would you rather question i have um this last one 
would you rather, Jake, in your scenario, would you rather give up cubing or Minecraft? And in Dan, for Dan, would you rather give up cubing or your instruments? I'd have to say Minecraft, even though, like, uh, I've been playing it for so long and it's really changed my life. I think cubing has, too, and, like... Minecraft has changed your life? And, yeah, like, yeah. Strate Strategy-wise, like, you're more strategic, or... I mean, I don't know, it was just, like, a part of my childhood, sorta. Okay. Dan? Uh, uh, what are your I thoughts? Would... Um, I would say, um, say, let's see, I'd say, um, uh, this one's sad, but I'd say give up cubing because, like, the instruments, like, they've taught me a lot more, and then, like, um, I, I, I don't want to be, I hope no one gets offended by this because, like, um, but, yeah, and I also want to play at my church, too, so, that's another thing, yeah. Yeah, I guess when you've invested more time in something, like Dan, I'm sure you've invested more time in instruments um, than cubing. And Jake, yeah, like you said, Minecraft is something that you've been doing since your childhood. And But do you ever think you'll grow out of that, by the way, like Minecraft? Because um, I know it's something you've done since you're younger. But I don't know. I mean, I've already been playing it for eight years. I don't see any reason to stop. It's not really okay. something you grow out of. Minecraft is just like a game that's kind of always there. Yeah, I see. It's what you grew up with yeah I, I i respect that and understand that yeah but great answers um for both of you for me personally i would say i'd have to well like for me what i would like my thing that i do instead of cubing i'd say is like create videos or like create content out on youtube or like other platforms i'd say i have to give up if that, that's really hard i'd say i give up cubing also like dan because i feel like cubing is something that you can't really do like for a very long time i'd say like speed wise but you can still be in the community and i feel like i'd sort of lose interest in a sense and um, content creation is something i'm passionate about and i can do like um for a longer period of time like um till i'm a lot older um so that wraps up the um would you rather segment on this podcast we are approaching the 34 minute um mark on here and now i just have one last thing i want i want to discuss with you guys so both of you said you want to possibly be a co-host on this podcast is that correct oh uh, yeah yeah exactly okay so yeah i just want to also give a rundown of like how this works and see if you're still interested after this because there is um, a process here and if you guys are interested i love to have helpers and like help me like create this and also like you guys can interact with the people as well um because i mean i want to sort of share this platform and bring as many people in and if that means like adding other people like dan and jake you seem like really good people and i think that you'd be a great addition but i just want to go through the process here so um the way this works is i plan it out i know this is going like public also but um like people can know like how the process of the podcast works also but so i plan it out like i showed you guys notion as well um so if you guys if you guys were to see like the notion the episodes on there so um it goes from like the fa different phases of ideas to planning to completed so that's what i like to do um so for planning something out that means i plan out the would you rather questions the rapid fire questions so that could be your role for example or um you could just bring on a guest so i don't know if you guys have communication like are good at communicating with other cubers maybe yeah, you can bring on I other people definitely right, have jake other are you good with that, that i could bring on uh okay like your like the people in your um, community like I don't think I've had Max Xiao on it yet I think I've talked yeah. with him before but and I mean I'm also in contact with like Luke Garrett 
Yeah, okay. I know. I... All right. That's good. I think, yeah, that's great. And um, so also on the planning-wise and sort of actually promoting also. So I don't know if you guys have – I don't know if you guys are too, like, intact with, like, social media or anything, but um, that's also another way we can, like, spread the podcast as well and maybe just, like, promoting it on Discord servers, um, just, like, chats or, like, I don't know, Instagram Instagram stories. That's what I like to do. Or um, that's just something else that I think you guys would – um, fit in the role also and i think like something like this like how all three of us are talking at the same time like instead of bringing on a guest we could just have a conversation maybe we just bring up a topic or somebody requests something um, that we can just discuss so does that sound good to you guys um, what are your thoughts on that uh yeah that actually sounds very good to me yeah it sounds nice okay so um, that's pretty much the process. I think I'll take care of the editing most of the time and the publishing. Um, I normally just um, edit it on iMovie and then just publish it, and um, and then you guys can see it. I think I normally schedule it, so I'll let you guys um, see it earlier if you guys are committed to being co-hosts as well. And um, but one thing I like to see is if people have energy. So you guys, I can see you're you're you guys bring value and somewhat energetic. I think. Um, in a way, you both have different personalities, but I'm definitely I think you guys... more energetic IRL. Just, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I think you both bring good value to um the viewers or listeners. Um, so I think that's what's really important as well. But that just wraps up what I had to say. So anything yeah. else you want to add to that? Uh, no, not really. Okay. So um, before we wrap this up, where can people find you on the internet, Jake and Dan? Uh, you can go to my channel. It's just, uh, I don't know, Max can probably, like, link it. Yeah, I'll link it in the show notes. Epic. Okay. And yeah, um, people can also find my channel also. Uh, and then I also have Discord. Um, so it's Dan the Cuber, but, um, all, um, lowercase and together. And I think Max can also have that in the, um, in there, hopefully. Okay, so I will link both both of your channels and um, Dan's Discord server in the show notes down below. Be sure to check them out as well. And any final thoughts, guys? Anything you want to just mention uh, before we wrap up? Uh, no, not really. Nope. Okay, thank you both for coming on the show. Really appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this. All right. Thanks for hosting us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, Max. That wraps up episode 9 of season 2 of the Cubes of Saturdays podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying these episodes. We are slowly closing out season 2. It has been an extremely long journey and just I feel like I've gotten a lot of value out of like um, talking to a lot of people, talking to a lot of people in the um, Cuban community, whether they're a small creator, large creator, just anybody at different skill levels, whether they just started cubing like a year ago or started cubing many years ago, like Phil. It's just really nice to see that we have a good variety of people on this podcast, and thank you so much for listening to the end of this one. I really appreciate each and every single one of you who get up to this um, point in the podcast. And yeah, just one last announcement that I just wanted to say. So we are looking for a co-host indeed. Jake and Dan have been considered. I've been trying to collaborate with them a little bit more. Um, getting them into the details so hopefully we can have some future episodes with them um, that are more intriguing for you guys and let me know also in the comments down below or email me you guys um, can check that out in my description and or my about page on youtube um 
And then if you're interested in becoming a co-host, be sure to let me know and I will definitely consider it. But I'm looking for somebody who has good energy, is committed to do it for a lot of weeks on end, and is really consistent, able to help plan, and is able to get guests, promote the promote the podcast as a whole and just in general bring bring life to the podcast and so we can have some great conversations and just have um and just make the podcast and just make the podcast better as a whole so thank you so much for listening to this episode episode nine of the cubes of saturdays podcast season two hope you guys did enjoy this one and i'll catch you guys next time comment like subscribe see you guys next time Add this ASMR segment.